All right. Hi, everyone. Wow. Okay, I just want to start the evening um, by saying thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you to our readers for traveling here, um, for sharing your work with us. It's amazing to be here in this community. Um, I would also like to say a very special thank you to our publisher, Bill True. Uh, without the Bill and Ruth True Foundation and without his generosity, none of this would be possible. So thank you so much. I'm going to get off the stage. <laughs> but before I do that, uh, I want to introduce our illustrious host for the evening, Kim Selling. <laughs> Come on up, Kim. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. Um, like a consummate professional, I forgot my glasses. So I'm just going to read off my phone. And it's fine, because I'm a millennial, and you only expect that of me. Um, obviously, thank you so much for being here. This is our second in a four-part series. We are thrilled that it is happening. A lot of work, blood, sweat, and tears, and love went into this. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, before we get started, I would like to acknowledge and express gratitude for the ancestral Coast Salish lands that we are currently occupying and for which this event is on. Um, <laughs> please applaud away and also give all your money to the Duwamish tribe. Um, we have truly an amazing show tonight, readings and performances by Timba Jess, Kaveh Akbar, Anastasia Renee Tolbert, and the AU Collective. Uh, starting us off tonight will be truly a gem of Seattle, Anastasia Renee Tolbert. Um, Anastasia is what we all refer to as a super shiro. Not only is she the Seattle civic poet and a former 2015 to 2017 Hugo House poet in residence, she's also the only person I know of to have published three books of poetry in a single calendar year. That would be V through us, Grandma Press, uh, Forget It through Black Radish Press, and Answer Me through Argus Press, which are all also available online if you want to buy all three. Um, Anastasia is a hybrid genre writer, workshop facilitator, and multivalent artist, and as I also think of her, a very powerful mother and compassionate friend. We are immensely grateful and honored to call her a member of our nuclear grandma family. Please welcome Anastasia Renee Tolbert. Hey, y'all. How you doing? I'm like, look at all these people in the house on a Saturday night for poetry. <laughs> Shut up. I, uh, Kim, where are you? Okay, give me my signal, although I can't see you. Say, say something. Um, I'm just going to get to it. I'm going to be reading uh, things from V and some new stuff. And, uh, yeah, enjoy yourself. I'm going to start off with the catalog, which will be the guidepost for the rest of the pieces. And the catalog is from V. I through P. I, insipid, ill, na-na, interior, idle, irreplaceable, ick. J, Jim Crow, jewel, juxtaposition, jinx, jellyfish, Judy, J, walk, jam, as in patriarchy is not the jam. K, knife, knit, kind, kept, kill the L, Leviticus, loathe, lisp, love, learned behavior, lusty lind lunge. M, man, the, monster, the, mole, 
moon, the, mangled, masturbation, mini, mono, microscopic, microaggressions, the, mea culpa, Michelle Obama, mercy, merci, mother, may I, mutilated, clipped, in, Nia, Negro spiritual, no, 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 oh, orphan, orchid, obtuse, orgasm, on and on and on, oh, Orisha, omnipotent, um, Orpheus, ode to dead black men, ode to dead black women, ode to dead black children, ode to a black president, ode to the you that was the you that is no more, P, purple rain, pine, philanderer, para, paranormal, pedophile, poach, plot, period, on the first day, please, predatory, preamble, purgatory, pussy, 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 persona, part-time, panic, paraphrase, pigeon, A poem I promise to retire, but then I never do because people want to hear it. So here's the unretired, retired, not retired poem. <laughs> I just love her so much. The women inhale coffee while Lululemon sweaters dangle like static in hair or flaccid dicks or participles while they dote and coo over Michelle Obama. And they must have said, Classy and strong and classy and strong and classy and strong and witty and well-dressed. <gasps> Ooh, Michelle Obama sitting next to me. Never once do they say hi, hello. Never once do they say good morning. Never once do they say pass the sugar or go to hell. Never even think about me. Never, never, never. Michelle Obama's so classy and strong and witty and well-dressed. Oh my God, did you see what she was wearing? <gasps> never even look my way. Sip, 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 never even say hi, hello. Sip, 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 never even say pass the sugar. Sip, 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 never even say go to hell. Talk about Michelle Obama like they're on a first name basis with Michelle. Say Michelle gonna come right over and they're gonna go shopping. Stop in between sips to say, <gasps> what must it be like to be Michelle Obama raising black kids in America? <gasps> What if Obama rode down our street in a hoodie? Michelle Obama is so classy and strong and witty and well-dressed and brave. Never even say hi, hello. Never even look my way. Never even ask me to pass the sugar. Never even tell me to go to hell. And I start to think maybe I'm not classy or strong or witty or well-dressed or Lululemon or raising black kids in this here America. Maybe I'm just an everyday nigga. Maybe I'm not the kind of black woman to hang on any person's wall with yellow thumbtacks. Maybe I'm not classy enough. Y'all doing all right? Okay. I thought about singing I thought about singing a Negro spiritual today, how the vowels might sink down in my pelvis, 
how a ripple of a hum might get hung up in my hyper-awareness, how my hips could melt when I say swing, how it's hard to rise up when I'm feeling so low. After hearing all the news reports of Florence, I want to be Florence. I want to be like Florence, all my rage shrunken into categories, all the prep for my destruction, all the white men doing their best, everyone paying close attention to my center as if I matter, as if I'm in crisis, as if, as if I am a storm. What you going to be for Halloween? For Halloween, I should have been a graveyard and you there can dress up as a black body. You can drape caution tape around your shoulders and do your best impression of yes, hunty. All your hunt happening daily. All your mask just as real as any plot. The thing you need to know about these uh, two pieces, which are part of a series, you all remember hearing the story about the orca whale who carried her babies? Me too, my heart was there. Uh, during that same week, a woman named Nia was killed on the BART, and uh, she did not get as much attention. In fact, when I was teaching in schools, people had no idea that these two things happened together. So I felt, uh, as a writer, I had to talk about Nia. Process before the poem, Orca and Nia won. It's not that I don't like orcas. I do. I like all their relatives. I hate zoos, and I am an animal lover. The story about the orca mama who carried her baby, her dead baby, if anyone gets it, I do. I get it. Quote, I think she's just grieving, unwilling at this point to let the calf go. Like, why, 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 said Kim Balcom, founder and chief scientist for the San Juan Island-based Center for Whale Research, as he told the Times. And Nia, how her parents are like, why, 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 too. How they are carrying her like a dead egg, like a casket, like a grenade. How I know about the orca mom's grief, how they can feel it, but not Nia's, as in who is Nia, as in what does Nia even mean, as in, well, what did she do to get stabbed, as in, but did you hear about the grieving orca mother, though? There's a video of Nia's mother wailing, and I am at the water trying to see. Process before the poem, Orca and Nia, too. Nia, I imagine you dressed as a black orchid in a purposeful gown and all the flowers so soft and bending around your wailing fragrance. And Nia, it's hard for me to even tell you the depth of what I cannot seem to feel because so many of you are dying all around me. So many Nias on my soul's altar. So many funerals for you, Nia. So much blood all ground up like a blend of coffee for any person's empty cup and I still can't get to and I still can't get through the pain after a burn so on fire what is the word for burn anymore 
It's like a rumble in the sky I cannot pinpoint, like a pebble rippling in a veiny haze. What is tangible? There is no tangible space for the hummingbird's nest, no living room for the hummingbird to take a load off. There is no tangible space for the ocean to rest, only small, small recessions in the rise and swell of her womb. And who cannot say they were not born through her? Who ain't salty or sea or blue? There's no tangible place for a black woman's corpse. How it walks each night looking for the pieces of itself among the living stopping to stare when someone says, this is giving me life right now. And corpse for a moment bloodens with a tangible smile. Last one, a conversation with James Baldwin in a dream. Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. We Negroes walk the path of self-enlightenment, sweaty holding brick light bulbs with tiny watching men as a switch on and off, on and off, on and off. Let them mark us in the day with this thing and that thing. And this is what I mean when I mean to say Negro. Say Negro as in not black but human. And this is what I mean to say when I say nigger as in black and not human. And this is what I mean to say when I say walk the path for the path. It's not a path for the lone but a thorny rendition of Woodsy. Are you listening? Are you listening? I'm going to put Happy Birthday James Baldwin on my Facebook. I think he was my professor last year. What I mean to say is we walk in the wild. We're running with our cerebellum shoes untied, as in we do not take heed, as in are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Do I know? Do you know? Do you know who I am? Baldwin, wasn't he an actor, I think? James Baldwin, off and on and off and on. We do not listen to what we are hearing on the flip side, as in do you hear me? As in, are you listening? As in, you call upon me. If you call upon me, I will tell you my story. As in, my story could be your story if you only actually read what I was saying about, do you listen? Your generation, you do not read anymore. Your life spores germinated atop links and HTMLs and videos. What I mean to say, I am not judging you, but I am. And I wonder fellow children of my alphabet fucking, if you really miss me the way you say you do, if you really hold me in high esteem of the way, do you really covered me on your internet? Would you snatch me from a birding building? Would you really know my name was Baldwin? Do you really know this James's truth? Thank you. Let's keep that up for another minute, just for Anastasia. She's the best. Thank you. So following that, we have the incredible local 
Collective, AU Collective. They'll be performing a piece for us tonight. Um, AU Collective is a Seattle dance troupe of artists of color, women artists, and queer artists that centers alternative and marginalized voices and visions. Their mission as a troupe is to make accessible platforms for underrepresented communities while disrupting the symptoms of systemic oppression that exist in all dance spaces. Tonight, members of the AU Collective will perform excerpts from a cabaret piece directed, choreographed, and produced by Imana Gunawan called Moonshine, an exploration of the moon's feelings and desires based on an original oral folktale developed by Gunawan and co-producer Hallie Scott. The excerpts of Moonshine you will see tonight will feature costumes also by Hallie Scott and original music by Georgia Smith, Dante DeQueen Johnson, Carla Renz, and Luna God. Um, you will also see live performance by Dante Johnson, who is incredible. Um, I'm gonna haul this off. Get your minds and bodies ready for this. Chillin' in the shadows, think I'm about to burst. Dusty niggas wanna cuff, but all they got is thirst. Come for me, disrespectful, my niggas call your hearse. The shadows out is over now when worse come to worse, nigga. Oh, you slept on Queenie, though? Bitch can't even really flow. Niggas say they stacking coins, but that shit look like penny rolls. Yeah, my bitch could pay the top, but team finesse the way we roll. Charisma leaking out the cunt, keep niggas on their tippy toes. You see the carriage we pulled up. On Wednesdays we were pink, at midnight we pulled bluffs. My niggas trail mix, yet they said that we all nuts. But if queen pop up, your niggas sign the prenup. I do. Chillin' in the shadows, think I'm about to burst. Dusty niggas wanna cuff, but all they got is thirst. Come for me, disrespectful, my niggas call your hearse. The shadows out, this over now, when worse come to worse. Nigga, pecs, they be flexing, then let the talent come second. Open your mouth, second guessing. There's only truth where I'm stepping. No need to proofread this message. I leave the booth, I done blessed it. I spit the real and I spread it. Your niggas call me your rapper. <laughs> bark, bark, and no bite. Courage the Cowley dog, I'll flight and no fight. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, like Mike, bitch, said she might, but never did shit. That's why you ain't catching these strikes, nigga. Look at Queen, queen of every fucking thing. Your nigga said he wanna eat me. I'm so where my operate. So now he buy me all the things. Lay out red carpets out for me. Hey girl, you conquered all the land, cause your man gave it all to me. Huh? Look at her, she jelly my Joe nuts. Taking shots at the throne, but where the fuck her paper? That's why nobody booked her. When the last time she featured, I'm booking me and greets. Oh, the queen, please sign my t-shirt. Let's take a breath. Spit a short prayer for these hoes like Jesus rap. 
Second breath, if you're still breathing, then that wasn't meant for your neck, nigga. Chilling in the shadows, think I'm about to burst. Dusty niggas wanna cuff, but all they got is thirst. Come for me, disrespectful, my niggas call your hearse. The shadows out is over now, and worse come to worse, nigga. Oh, do you get it? Oh, you ain't really with it. Ain't covered in saliva, so I guess you ain't spinning. Thought you was just a marathon, but you really good at sprinting. Ain't in first place yet, but they love me from the beginning. Got something to say? Say it to the goons in the back, ready to play. Always hugs and kisses like queen, you fucking slay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Now, bitch, roll my fucking J. Huh? Chilling in the shadows, think I'm about to burst. Dusty niggas want to cuff, but all they got is thirst. Come for me, disrespectful, my niggas call your hearse. The shadows out is over now, when worse come to worse, nigga. Oh, you suck on Queenie, though? Bitch can't even really flow. Niggas say they stacking coins, but that shit look like penny rolls. Yeah, my bitch could pay the toll, but team finesse the way we roll. Charisma leaking out the cunt, keep niggas on they tippy toes. Well, alright then. Well, alright then. to worse, nigga. Um, next up, we have Kaveh Akbar. Thank you.
The last time Cave read in Seattle, it was at a post-wedding reading of his own making at Elliott Bay with his partner Paige Lewis and 26 of their closest writer friends. So we'll just have to consider tonight like the after party of their after party. It's just a natural continuance. Um, Akbar has published poetry championed by many, including The New Yorker, Best American Poetry, American Poetry Review, The Guardian at Tin House, and The Failing New York Times. And last September, released his first full-length book, Call a Wolf a Wolf, the 2017 Pushcart prize-winning collection of meditations on the struggles of addiction and the pain, joy, and abstract beauty that can be found in self-awareness and forgiveness. He's also the founder of Dive Dapper, a site dedicated to elevating essential voices in the current American poetry community. Please give a warm welcome to Kaveh Akbar. Oh man, it is so bright up here and you are all so, I can hear you. I will assume you're there. Can you all hear me okay? Okay, cool. Thank you all for having me. Thank you, Anastasia, you're incredible. Uh, thank you to the AU Collective. Can we give them another round of applause, everyone? I'm very, very excited to be here. I'm very excited to read with Tayemba, who is a poet who has taught me more than I can say uh, in front of you guys. I'm very, very excited about that, so I'll try to speed this along. Um, I'll read, I wrote this book, um, but I'm gonna read some newer things uh, too. Um, I'm not gonna read the whole book either. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you all for being here, I appreciate it. This poem is called Vines. They're fat, wet, Vines creeping into my house, through the pipes and through the walls, gentle as blue flames, they curl into my living. There is ice in my attic, sugar on my tile. I am present and useless like a nose torn from a face and set in a bowl. When I saw God, I used the wrong pronouns. God bricked up my mouth hole. His fists were white as gold. There were roaches in my beard. Now I live like a widow. Every day a heave of knitting patterns and sex toys. My family speaks of me with such pride. Nunesh Turogan, they say. His bread is in oil. I thank them for that and for their chromosomes, most of which have been lovely. I am lovely too. My body is hard and choked with juice like a plastic throat stuffed with real grapes. My turn-ons include Ovid and fake leather. My turnoffs have all been ushered into the basement. I'll drink to them and to any victory. The vines are all growing toward the foot of my bed. I am waiting for them to come under the covers. I am the only person still in this house. There is no one here to look away. Um, thanks. This poem is, uh, I've been, um, I usually write in the mornings. I like to get into writing before the sort of argle-bargle of the day enters my head. I like to get into it while my brain is still sort of gummy with dream logic. Um, but lately I've been writing not in the morning. I've been writing at night. Um, it started to feel, uh, it started to feel maybe unconscionable to not let the argle-bargle of the everyday come into the poems, given what the everyday is like right now. Um, this is called Guzzle Made of Silk. It's a guzzle, which is like 
it's a form. It's a form like a sonnet, except Middle Easterner. Ghazal um, <laughs> uh, made of silk. Look, people are leaping off invisible ladders, landing in Washington. Smoke lifts like curses from their lips, warming the air within Washington. A man selling water on a median sweats into his eyes. The cars blur into a string of silver anchors, each pinning the world to Washington. Tulip trees buckle in the heat, then shatter into crosses and paper pulp. Forgive your fear, and this will all be easier, grins Washington. Loss is a vector all magnitude and direction. Computers detect a pair rotting under Damascus rubble from all the way in Washington. Our lives pile up like constellations, diamonds on black silk ready to be set in God's crown. Fetch him and bring him back to Washington. Satan is a long bone shucked hard from the mouth that grew it. A great elephant tusk curving slowly out the skin of Washington. The dead want too much. To scare the living, they gasp out their own names. The living panic out of Eden and charge into Washington. This is called Do You Speak Persian? Some days we can see Venus in mid-afternoon. Then, at night, stars separated by billions of miles, light traveling years to die in the back of an eye. Is there a vocabulary for this? One to make dailiness amplify and not diminish wonder? I've been so careless with the words I already have. I don't remember how to say home in my first language, or lonely, or light. I remember only I miss you, and Shabacher. Good night. How is school going, Kavajun? Are you still drinking? Shabacher. For so long, every step I took was from one tongue to another to order the world. I need, you need, he, she, it needs. The rest left to a hungry jackal in the back of my brain. Right now, our moon looks like a pale cabbage rose. We are forever folding into the night. Thanks. You don't have to do all that.
I know you're there. I know we're all grateful for each other's company right now. Um, I was reading this book um, where the saint, the saint named Augustine, the Christian saint um, named Augustine, said this sentence. We must admit that a crying man is better than a laughing worm. <laughs> uh, and I read that, and I was like, must we? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know. <laughs> laughing worm sounds pretty cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so this poem is called In Praise of the Laughing Worm. Sometimes you write your happy worm poem. In Praise of the Laughing Worm. Lacking lungs, it laughs through its skin. Each pore laughing, it bores into the dead's dead, dead. Laughing through their solemnity, tunneling its name across their dust. Lusty as a pharaoh, the laughing worm tangles around its beloved. They laugh together, traveling up to the surface. They laugh, saying, it is so strange that sun is, that wind does, and rain how to even speak about rain. They laugh together like a mangled theory, like cold fingers crossed, then pull apart. The beloved stops laughing. Its body rolls into a guilty coil. It says, the dead who fed me yesterday weren't laughing. It says, they never learned what they came here to learn. Slowly, the beloved skulks back into the soil, its mineral syntax, but the laughing worm just laughs, inches forward, gentle enough to button a shirt. Gleaming like a beaver eye, the laughing worm crawls past ant hills, bullfrogs, wild radish, thinking nothing that could be put into words and laughing with each of his five hearts. I think the fatal flaw of that poem might be that it depends on the knowledge that worms have five hearts. <laughs> uh, but it's fun. <laughs> um, sorry, I apologize. Um, this is a poem called Orchids Are Sprouting from the Floorboards. Orchids are sprouting from the floorboards. Orchids are gushing out from the faucets. The cat mews orchids from his mouth. His whiskers are also orchids. The grass is sprouting orchids. It is becoming mostly orchids. The trees are filled with orchids. The tire swing is twirling with orchids. The sunlight on the wet cement is a white orchid. The car's tires leave a trail of orchids. Teenagers are texting each other pictures of orchids on their phones, which are also orchids. Old men in orchid penny loafers furiously trade orchids. Mothers fill bottles with warm orchids to feed their infants, who are orchids themselves. Their coos are a kind of orchid. The clouds are all orchids. They're raining orchids. The walls are all orchids. The teapot is an orchid. The blank easel is an orchid. And this cold is an orchid. Oh, Lydia, we miss you terribly.
This poem's called Every Drunk Wants to Die Sober. It's how we beat the game. It's true. Hazreta Ali, son-in-law of the prophet, was martyred by a poisoned sword while saying his evening prayers, his final words, I am successful. I am successful. I want to carve it into my forehead. I've been cut into before. It barely hurt. I found my body to be hard and bloodless as glass. Still, for effect, I tore my shirt to tourniquets. Let me now be calm for one second. Let me be open to revision. Eternity looms in the corner like a home invader saying, don't mind me. I'm just here to watch you nap. If you throw prayer beads at a ghost, they will cut through him soft as a saber through silk. I finally have answers to the questions I taught my mother not to ask, but now she won't ask them. As a child, I was so tiny and sweet, she would tuck me in saying, a mouse should eat you. I melted away that sweet like sugar and water, like once fresh honey dripping down a thigh. Today, I lean on habit and rarely unstrap my muzzle. It's hard to speak of something so gauche as ambition while the whole wheezing mosaic chips away. But let it be known, I do hope one day to be free of this body's dry wood. If living proves anything, it's that such astonishment is possible. The kite, loosed from its string, outpaces its shadow. An olive tree explodes into the sky, dazzling even the night. I don't understand the words I babble in home movies from Tehran, but I assume they were lovely. I have always been a tangle of tongue and pretty want. In Islam, there are prayers to return anything, even prayers to return faith. I have been going through book after book, pushing the sounds through my teeth. I will keep making these noises as long as deemed necessary until there is nothing left of me to forgive. <laughs> um. This is a short little one. It's called an oversight. Are you guys doing okay? okay. I really, I truly cannot see you. <laughs> uh, this is called an oversight. I made a dark that was all mine, an order. I gave it my least defensible prejudices, stacking them like bodies in the surf. An armada of nurses rode in to cherish the war dead. Try harder, little moons, they'd say to the corpses, spooning eggplant and rice into each mouth. Winter followed winter. Horses coughed blood into the sand. Some pain stays so long, its absence becomes a different pain. Beautiful, too, that we can breathe drugs off house keys through glass birds. They say it's not faith if you can hold it in your hands, but I suppose the opposite may be true, that real faith passes first through the body like an arrow. Consider our whole galaxy staked in place by a single star. I fear we haven't said nearly enough about that. Um, 
Shia Islam, the 12th Imam is this important character who uh, disappeared in the ninth century. Um, and it is believed in Shia Islam that uh, his return will mark, will at the end of the world, will bring order from the chaos. So um, this poem is called Waiting for the Twelfth. No one ever brings up the wages of virtue, the cost of avoiding that which you were built to do. Some men actually love their enemies. Remind me to tell you about them when you arrive, and when will that be again? I've already spiced the duck and hidden the sherry. Even grain has genes that say, drink this, or been there so much like our own. I am rubbing yogurt through my hair, getting ready for your return. I read old mail from my Baba Bazorg, the Farsi, like tea leaves or exotic blades. Years ago, he melted into the tautness of earth like a pad of butter on turtle meat. The birch curled its tongue. I was full of credible fears. Today, I'm full of olives and smoke, sucking a fat red cigar and ashing on the good lace. I'm comfy as a snake sleeping in a silk shoe. Either way, I'll recognize you by your heartbeat. You'll recognize me by the green bird in my shirt pocket. If you hurry, I'll let you hold her. Her flightlessness will mean nothing. In fact, my whole house has been cleansed entirely of symbols. A strange call came from the West, and I understood it in this new language. I burnt away my candles and woke the sleeping spider resting his fangs against my hand. There will be nothing here to distract you from your work. Just some old pears browning in the kitchen and a glass vase of pink roses humming their little songs. a strange thing, but I've been working on this poem for, not that poem, this poem, um, for a long time, and it's starting to come into clarity. Um, it's a little bit longer, uh, so I I'm not apologizing for the poem I'm about to read, but um, just get yourself comfy, take your shoes off. It's a little bit, it's a little bit longer. Um, take a deep breath. Don't hold it. <laughs> this is called The Palace. It's hard to remember who I'm talking to and why. The palace burns, the palace is fire, and my throne is comfy and square. Remember, the old king invited his subjects into his home to feast on stores of apple tart and sweet lamb, to fest on sweet lamb of stories. He believed they loved him, that his goodness had earned him their goodness. Their goodness dragged him into the street and tore off his arms, plucked his fingers out, plucked his fingers out like feathers. There are no good kings, only beautiful castles. Who here could claim to be merely guilty? The mere. My life growing monstrous with ease. To be an American, we left our siblings. We wanted to be Mick Jagger. We went full ghost. America could be a metaphor, but it isn't. There are no doors in America, 
only king-sized holes. To be an American is to be a scholar of opportunity. Opportunity costs. Every orange I eat disappears the million peaches, plums, pears I could have eaten but didn't. In her heaven, opportunity costs. In her heaven, my mother grows peaches, plums, pears, and I eat them till I pass out and wake up in heaven, wake up and eat some more. I couldn't dream of doing anything by halves. Whatever it is, I'll take the whole bouquet, please, and soon. Are you still listening? Every person I touch costs me 10 million I'll never meet. Persons and persons, inside each a palace on fire, inside each Mick Jagger wearing a gorilla pelt coat covered in ostrich feathers. He calls it clamouflage. What's gone but still seen? Luckless soldiers, the pencil pushed slowly through my brother's bicep. What's gone but still seen? He didn't scream, just let his eyes water. If I smile even a little, they start sharpening their swords, and they're right. This is no time for joy. This is no time. The palace burns. Pencil pushes slowly through my brother's brother. What's gone but still seen? A king governs best in the dark where you can't see his hands move. A king doesn't see us watching the king. We sew God's initials into our work shirts while our babies get thinner. The babies do not see us watch our babies get thinner. Our babies born addicted to fear of babies. Our babies gumming apples in the sun. America, the broken headstone. America, far enough away from itself. Hello, this is Kava speaking. I wanted to be Keats, but I've already lived four years too long. Hello, this is Keats speaking. It is absurd now to say anything now, much less anything new. Hello. This is no one speaking. Hibiscus bloom, wet feathers, a tiny thumb of ash. To be an American is to be a hunter. To be American. To be American is to be. To be American is to be. What? A hunter? A hunter that shoots only money. No, not money. Money. I have a kitchen machine that lets me spin lettuce. There is no elegant way to say this. People with living hearts that could fit in my chest want to melt the city where I was born. At his elementary school in an American suburb, a boy's shirt says, we did it to Hiroshima, we can do it to Tehran. At his elementary school in an American suburb, a boy's shirt says, we did it to Hiroshima, we can do it to Tehran. Who will take home the trophy? Roasted goat baying on his spit. A boy's shirt says, we did it to Hiroshima, we can do it to Tehran. He is asked to turn his shirt inside out, his insides out. 
After he complies, his parents sue the school district. Our souls want to know how they were made, what is owed. These parents want their boy to want to melt my family, and I live among them. Palace throne, comfy, burning. I draw it without lifting my pen. I draw it fat as creation, empty as a footprint. How to live, reading poems, breathing shallow, spinning lettuce. America, the shallow trap, how to live, the shallow trap, America catching only what is too small to eat. The dead keep warm under America while my mother fries eggplant on the stove. I am not there. I am elsewhere in America. I am always elsewhere in America, writing this, writing this, writing this. English is my mother's first language. I might have said, bottom John. I might have said, sizzling oil, great fists of smoke, writing this. The first insect drawn by man was a locust. Art is where what we survive survives. Sizzling oil, great fists of smoke. Art, sizzling oil, art. My mother fries eggplant. The first insect drawn by man survives. Who to kiss the prom queen? Who to win the war? America rises covered in the tiny grains of its own making. Fresh bread pocked with flour dust. Mistyping in an email, I write, I lose you so much today, then leave it. Forbidden mercies, windmills spinning around like drunk teenagers. Any document of civilization is also a document of barbarism, says the palace, burning. I, a man, am what I do not say. America, I warn you, if you invite me into your home, I will linger, losing, kissing my beloveds frankly, pulling up radishes and capping all your pens. There are no good kings, only burning castles. Lose me today so much. Thanks. I'm just going to read one more poem, um, and then we, get to, we all get to enjoy time back. Um, is anyone here from Chicago? Yeah, yeah I'm, gla <laughs> I'm glad you actually made noise, because I would have had no idea if anyone raised their hands. Uh, <laughs> um, have you ever been to the restaurant, Reza's Restaurant in Andersonville? You know Reza's? That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, there's this incredible Persian restaurant in Chicago called Reza's Restaurant. Um, and I've been going there since I was a little kid. My family would take these sort of pilgrimages there once or twice a year. And it was like the biggest deal in the world. I would always know exactly what I was going to order off the menu. My brother would always know exactly what he was going to order off the menu. And they would like compliment each other, you know. Um, so to the extent that anything is about anything, this poem's sort of about that. Um, it's still there. They have a lunch buffet now. You should go. Uh, thank you all. Um, this is called Reza's Restaurant, Chicago, 1997. The, ma <clears throat> Sorry. 
Rez's Restaurant, Chicago, 1997. The waiters milled about, filling sumac shakers, clearing away plates of onion and radish. My father pointed to each person, whispered, Persian, about the old man with the silver beard, whispered, Arab, about the woman with the eye mole. Persian, the teenager pouring water. White, the man on the phone. I was eight and watching and amazed. I asked how he could possibly tell when they were all brown-skinned, dark-haired like us. Almost everyone in the restaurant looked like us. He smiled, a proud little smile, a warm nest of lips, said, it's easy, said, we're just uglier. He returned to his lamb, but I was baffled, hardly touched my qayma. I had huge glasses and bad teeth. I felt plenty Persian. When the woman with light eyes and blonde brown hair left our check, my father looked at me. I said, Arab? He shook his head, laughed. We drove home. I grew up. It took years to put together what my father meant that day. My father, who listened exclusively to the Rolling Stones, who called the Beatles a band for girls. My father, who wore only black, even around the house, whose arms could cut chicken wire and make stew and bulged with old farm scars. My father, my father, my father built the world. The first sound I ever heard was his voice whispering the azan in my right ear. I didn't need anything else. My father changed cherished that we were ugly, so being ugly was blessed. I smiled with all my teeth. Um, this is an anecdote that I'd completely forgotten about or just suppressed in my childhood trauma until that last poem. Um, my sister, who's here tonight, and I are from a Latvian family. And if you don't know what that word means, it's okay, because there's only like five million of us. Um, but the point is, we all look alike, and we all look like a Soviet Olympic propaganda poster. And we went to, when we were very young, we went to one of my mother's close friend's homes, who's like the most Latvian woman of all time. Her name is Lauma. And we, my older brother and my older sister and I all walk in and we're like beaming and we're wearing like clean new clothing, like ready to greet our Latvian brethren. And um, we all walked in and Lauma points at my brother and goes, ugh, Latvian. Points at my sister and goes, ugh, Latvian. And points at me and just goes, well, we'll find out. <laughs> no, so, all right, thanks, Lama. Just a point of country pride already. Um, we haven't found out yet what I am, it's fine. Uh, next up is one of my longtime favorites, Time with Jess. Um, Pulitzer Prize winner Jess is here with us tonight to perform pieces from Olio, his second book, which is a blend of poetry, storytelling, and music that travels through the history of American music from minstrel shows to ragtime. If I list the litany of his distinguished awards, we will be here literally all night. So I will just say that Jess, in my mind, is the true human embodiment of quality over quantity. Not to be outshined by a Pulitzer, his first debut book, Lead Belly, was the winner of the 2004 National Poetry Series and named one of the best poetry books of 2005 by both Black Issues Book Review and the Library Journal. Please enjoy as he takes you on a dynamic journey through black innovation of poetry and songcraft and how these creations and stories of strength and resistance shaped our nation's history.
Thanks, y'all. Um, man, it's great to be here in Seattle. I, I really dig Seattle. Um, and uh, thanks, Anastasia. That was amazing. The AU Collective, let's give it up for them. Amazing dancing. Cave. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to hit that restaurant next time I'm in Chicago, man. <laughs> I'm going to read from, uh, from this book, but you know, I was sitting back uh, today and I was, uh, I was watching the, uh, was watching the news, and we know what happened today. And uh, I was thinking about um, someone who was more of a mentor from afar. I didn't get to meet him until I was much older, Amiri Baraka. And a poem that he had made, probably back in the '80s. <clears throat> In reference, this is initially in reference to Ronald Reagan. But um, it occurred to me that it's appropriate under these circumstances. It's entitled, The Mind of the President. Mama. 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 Mama, Mama, Mom, Daddy, 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 Mama, Daddy, Mama, Daddy, Mine, 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 Mine. Mine, 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 mama, daddy, mama, daddy, mama, poo poo, poo poo, poo poo, poo poo, poo poo. Mine, 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 mama, daddy, poo-poo, pee-pee, kill! All right, how about that? Um, no, let me, let me use that. Back here, back here, because I'm going to have to. All right. So, um, from the 21st century back into the 19th century, we're going to travel. And uh, this book is located mostly at the end of the 19th century and into the early 20th century. Title is Olio. That's the, uh, that's the title, of, that's the cover page of the book. Constructed mostly because my press does not do cover art. <laughs> which which is, was a constriction I had to deal with. Uh, and uh, so, hence the title, Olio, which reads, uh, 
down, and then up, and then across, and then down again, and then up again, whichever direction you want to go, which is relevant. We'll see later on. It also looks a little bit like a face, and also uh, looks a little bit like a mask. And there are masks in this book. They are masks mostly that are generated from the minstrel show. The oleo is the middle part of the minstrel show. Minstrel show was the principal, uh, principal form of uh, American entertainment, begun at the beginning of the 19th century by white folks putting on blackface in order to make caricatures of black people. Persisted throughout the 19th century and into the early 20th. Um, for instance, uh, the, uh, it was a kind of, uh, not just a form of entertainment, but also a psychological warfare. For instance, the very first character of the minstrel show was called Jim Crow. And we know that Jim Crow was the uh, name given to the laws of segregation across this land that were not struck down or not really uh, remedied, so to speak, de jour until really the year I was born, 1965. So, Olio. I would like to introduce some folks from this, this book. This book is a conglomeration. As I was saying, the Olio was the middle part of the minstrel show, which consisted of a, a variety of acts. So it could be a singer, a dancer, a, a, a jokester, etc. And they all came together to form the Olio. Later on, the Olio, after the minstrel show died out, became the basis of vaudeville. Okay? And in this book, there are Lots of characters, lots of historical figures from the 19th century who were African-American entertainers and artisans who were struggling to move past the constrictions of the minstrel show and move into, this, uh, move into creations of their own art. And I'd like to introduce some of them here with you today. Is that cool? All right, fantastic. So first people. I would like to introduce to you, let me see here, are these ladies right here. These are the McCoy twins. McCoy twins, born in 1849 in North Carolina. They are not just twins standing back to back, they are Pygopagus twins. They are joined essentially from the bottom of the ribcage all the way through the pelvis, born into slavery in 1849. And I was curious about their story, which was a fascinating story. It involves all kinds of questions that are very peculiar to the peculiar institution, such as how will they, how will their master make money off of them as products on their, on their plantation? How will they survive the stresses of chattel slavery? What will they do after the Emancipation Proclamation and the Civil War, et cetera, et cetera? So I wanted to construct some poems that spoke to those issues. Here they go. This is the first poem that I constructed for them. Can y'all read that in the back? Yes, fantastic. And what this is, is a syncopated sonnet. It is two Shakespearean sonnets in two different voices coming together. And if we read down the middle, 
we see their conjoined voices. If we read down the side, we see Millie's voice on one side and Christine's voice on the other side. So, if we read down the middle and we imagine them here together, it reads, we're fused in blood and body from one thrum stem, but in twin blooms of song. We're double rows grown from hard labor that made our mother shout, spent with all. We hymn to pay soft homage, born of and beyond the flesh. We are just two women sing singing truths we can't forget. If you look on Millie's side of the equation, We've mended two songs into one dark skin, bleeding soprano into contralto, descended from raw carnage of the South, bursting open our freedom. We sing past rage to the work song's aria. It leaves us soaked in history like our father's sweat from plantation to grave. Lord, here we are, free twin sisters who've hauled our voices far. Read Christine's side of the poem. We ride the wake of each other's rhythm, beating our hearts, syncopated tempo with a music all our own. With our mouths seeped in the glow of hand-me-down courage, drenched in spiritual acapellas, flowing soul from bone through skin. We pay debts from broken chattel to circus stars. We sing straight from this nation's barbed-wired heart. If we imagine the twins being here, saying this, trading lines off of each other, it would sound as such. We've mended two songs into one dark skin. We ride the wake of each other's rhythm, bleeding soprano into contralto, beating our hearts, our hearts syncopated tempo. We're fused in blood and body from one thrum stem, budding twin blooms of song. We're a double rose descended from raw carnage of the South with a music all our own, with our mouths bursting open our freedom. We sing past rage, seeped in the glow of hand-me-down courage, grown from hard labor that made our mother shout, spent with all. We hymn to pay soft homage to the work song's aria. It leaves us drenched in spiritual acapellas, soaked in history like our father's sweat flowing soul from bone through skin. We pay debts born of and beyond the flesh. We are just two women singing truths we can't forget from plantation to grave. Lord, here we are, from broken chattel to circus stars, free twin sisters who've hauled our voices far. We sing straight from this nation's barbed-wired heart. So, thank you. Any sonnet, any sonnet lovers in the house? There you go. All right. The mighty tribe of sonneteers <laughs> will, tell, will tell you that these are Shakespearean sonnets. And for, you, for those of you not hip in the sonnet, this sonnet street life, okay, um, there's a rhyming pattern to a sonnet, a Shakespearean sonnet. It's like, it's like stuttering through the alphabet, A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, E, F, E, F, G, G, okay? And uh, it, it, it goes like this. So you have uh, skin, contralto, stem, rose. See, that's A-B-A-B, -A -B, right? And then south, rage, shout, homage, that's C-D-C-D. -C -D. And then uh, us, sweat, just forget, that's C-F-F. And then G-G, R-F-R, right? You get that? Didn't expect a poetry class. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other, other side, we have rhythm, tempo, stem, rose. Mouse, courage, shout, homage, acapellas, debts, just forget. That's a little soft rhyme with acapellas and just. And then stars and heart. 
but they are actually true sonnets. There you go. So, now, to continue with the story of the McCoy twins, what do you do if you own a plantation in, South, in North Carolina in 1849 and two pygopagus twins are born on your plantation? How do you make money from this product born on your plantation? Because that's the way they were perceived. That's the way, the way they were approached as products, not as human beings. What he decided to do was to rent them out at the age of about somewhere around a year to 18 months to a freak show, a traveling freak show. They would travel around and around, city to city, county to county, town to town, displaying the twins over and over again for a dime here, a nickel there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he would just take a cut of those proceeds thing also that would happen is whenever they ran into a new town, there would be curious physicians that would want to inspect these twins in the most personal and invasive fashion in order to guarantee that they were indeed Pygopagus twins and not just two little girls stuck in a dress together. So every time they went from a town to a different town to another village and another village, they would be inspected over and over and over and over and over again. This happened throughout their very, very early years up until the time that they were emancipated upon which occasion they got affidavits that swore to the fact that they were Pygopagus twins and they no longer had to be subjected to, to such rigorous examination. And this next poem is about that. Millie Christine on display. And if we read down the middle, we see their conjoined voices as, as if they were talking together to us. We count the blessings of our double shell as we pay our dues. We've proven ourselves for science. We've been taken town to town like prize bovine. We've been pawed up and down. Each sawbone has searched us from spine to loin. Our wondrous oneness exists. We're conjoined. We're not frauds, but born of providence. God mended two souls into one dark skin. It's called an interstitial reading when you're skipping lines, right? However, you might have other ways to encounter these syncopated sonnets, these contrapuntal poems, because you have one point on one side, the other point on the other side, they call contrapuntal, right? And in this case, you might want to encounter from the bottom up. God made it two souls in the one dark skin. We're not frauds, but born of providence. And we've listed doctors who understand. We've been probed, prodded, and roughly examined from my twin's navel to between her thighs. Been photographed, half nude. Verified to those who doubt our form. We have performed with each breath. We prove we've endured faith storm. We count the blessings of our double shell every time we rise to face the crowd's face on display. We've been richly, rudely paid to prove veracity. They've scanned each side and then back up, staring into my eyes. From backbone to backbone, 
from hip to hip. Our miracle is real. Hear and see this. We're not frauds, but born of providence. God mended two souls in the one dark skin. We're not frauds, but born of providence. Our wondrous oneness exists. We're conjoined. Each sawbone has searched us from spine to loin like prize bovine. We've been pawed up and down for science. We've been taken town to town as we pay our dues. We've proven ourselves. We count the blessings of our doubled shell. Okay. Now, turns out if you're the kind of guy that's going to take, take a couple of toddlers and display them around the country for a nickel here and a dime there, you might not have the highest morals. And that was the case, in, uh, uh, that was the case of the uh, vendor of the freak show. He decided he was going to take the twins and just take all the money for himself. But he couldn't stay in the United States and do that because he'd be tracked down too easily. So he took them, put them on a boat, went over to England and, and started to show up all over again, this time just taking pound for pound by himself. This left another conundrum for their master, which was, how do I get my money back? How do I get my slaves back? What he decided to do was to put their mother, Manimia, on a boat with them, go over to England, and track the twins down. When he tracked the twins down, he walked into one of the performances with their mother, and as soon as they saw their mother, these little two-year-olds, two it was about 1851, right, when he walked in the door with his mo their mother, first thing they do is they say, Mommy, run to their mother, and that is proof of ownership, in part. It also has papers. Now, he's ready to go back to the United States with his chattel, Question is, for the mother as such, it is in England in the year 1851. At that time, slavery in Britain had been abolished. The question was, would she try to sue for her freedom and the freedom of her little girls or go back to the United States where she had a husband and four other kids? Such were the quandaries of the peculiar institution.